Hey y'all, before we jump into today's episode, we would like to invite you to a special event we're hosting on May 30th called Women in Whiskey. Join us for an adult field trip filled with Southern fun at the Jack Daniels Distillery right here in our home state of Tennessee. Get ready to learn while sipping. We will be taking a private tour of the distillery, enjoy a barbecue lunch on the beautiful hillside, and partake in early happy hour with cocktails provided by Jack Daniels as we listen in on a conversation with women who work in the industry. The conversation will be led by yours truly, your hosts of the Steel Magnolias podcast. Learn more about the event at steelmagnoliaspodcast.com. You can grab your tickets there and we cannot wait to see you on May 30th. And now on with the show. Do you love to have beautiful fresh flowers as part of your decor each season? Wouldn't it be wonderful if all you had to do was take your garden shears out in the yard and clip a few things that are blooming? Join us at the table as we sit down with Southerner Catherine Crisp Greeley to discuss planning a year-round garden. And even if you're not a gardener, you're going to love her accent. I'm Lainey. And I'm Laura Beth. And we are Steel Magnolias. The strength of steel with the grace of a magnolia. We are here to have uplifting conversations about life in the South. And we've got plenty of room at our table. So pull up a chair. Well, we were just catching up before we hit record and saying that we were wish wishing that we were with Catherine in her cottage. But Lainey, I'll kick it over to you. Well, Catherine Greeley is a collector, gardener, entertainer, and designer. She has a beautiful sense of bringing all of those things together in a stunning new coffee table book called The Collected Cottage. Catherine lives in Western North Carolina in a lovely home named Chestnut Cottage. This cottage and its grounds are filled with many of her favorite things. Catherine has many passions that we could discuss here, but since it's fall, we wanted to focus in on planning a year-round garden. Catherine, welcome to the Steel Magnolias podcast. Thank you. Um, My pleasure to be here. Well, Catherine, let's take a very big step back. I know Lainey mentioned year-round gardening. So we would love to know from your perspective, how do you even begin with a plan for having a garden that's going to give you some color and some blossoms year-round? Well, I start uh, planting my garden in the winter by the fire. Uh, In the Collected Cottage, there's a little section on simple pleasures in each season. And the simple pleasure in winter is plotting next year's garden. Uh, When I first started gardening here at Chestnut Cottage, I decided that I would make a spreadsheet and that I would plug in. First of all, I think many gardeners make the mistake of just selecting their favorite flowers but I feel like that you have to plug in um, into a spreadsheet if you're so inclined the colors of the plants you like the bloom time whether there's sun or shade uh, what is the nature of the plant are they tall and floppy or are they short and uh, rounded 
So I uh, put that all in the spreadsheet and then that's how I work for a year round garden, starting with each season. Uh, I try to understand the nature of the plant so I can stay about six months ahead of each plant. Uh, so I know when they're going to start fading and I like to plug in plants that will start blooming as others start fading. Mm -hmm. And I think it's extremely important to know what your goal in gardening is. And my goal, now that you have mentioned it, is to have a year-round garden where I have something to bring into Chestnut Cottage and arrange in floral uh, designs throughout the entire year. That sounds so dreamy to me to have that. <laughs> I love that you divided the book up by seasons and that you even give us a to-do list for the garden, for the autumn and the spring. It's so helpful. Um, I know, Catherine, that you have lots of entertaining ideas for each season in your book, and that really helps even with knowing what's flavorful for the table in that season. Are you going to be hosting anything for autumn this year or does your book release have you too busy? Oh, no, I have a big uh, entertaining event coming up at Thanksgiving. It is my annual Thanksgiving meal for friends and family. Years ago, I said I taken even strays, uh, clients that may be in town that don't have family, uh, anybody that doesn't have a place to go on Thanksgiving is often invited to Chestnut Cottage, and we will customarily have 24 to 30 people for Thanksgiving wow. lunch. I love so that. that's, that's my biggest autumn uh, event. Well, that is so God's heart to pull in others and, and bring them to our table. I love that you do that. Wow. That's a big undertaking. You said that's an annual event. How long have you been doing that? Oh, probably over 25 years. Oh my goodness. Um, wow. And it's kind of sad to me each, you know, through those 25, 30 years, a lot of my Thanksgiving patrons are no longer with us. Mm -hmm. But for instance, my mother and stepfather and my mother and father-in-law, but I have such fond memories of all the people that have gathered at Chestnut Cottage for Thanksgiving through the years. And then we just keep adding new people. Well, I'm really glad you mentioned that because that's a very real scenario for so many uh, at Thanksgiving, that balance of the memories of those that have been around the table. Um, you know, it brings a sadness, but you also have memories that you really want to hold on to and, um, and, then, and then making room right for new family members or new friends or new neighbors or um, acquaintances. So um, I think what you're describing is a very... Um, realistic picture of how a lot of Thanksgiving tables look from year to year. And I say in the collected cottage on several occasions that the best gift that you can give your family and friends is creating memories for them and uh, hosting them in your home. That's so good. I do want to pick your brain a little bit about some of your favorites. Do you, for gardening, do you have some favorite perennials or favorite annuals? Well, my all-time favorite uh, perennial are peonies. I'm in love with peonies. Mm. I've had a long time <laughs> affair with 
peonies. And I have a collection of several different kinds of peonies, but they are by my, far my favorite perennial. And I look forward to them every year and they come into bud and I keep thinking, oh, they're going to bloom next week. And no, they're going to bloom week after next, but they mm -hmm. are my all time favorite. And uh, to answer you on annuals, I don't use annuals in the garden, in the um, perennial borders, but I do use them, of course, in my window boxes. And I okay. uh, stick with pretty much the same favorite uh, annuals in the window boxes every year. I use now, a very special color of geraniums called Calliope burgundy. And I use heliotrope and lobelia and ivy and uh, a combination of perennials. I'm, I'm sorry, of annuals, uh, but they are the same from year to year. Okay. Well, I've kind of fallen in love with perennials myself, just because, you know, it's kind of a one and done in the sense of you got to tend them a little bit, but just, uh, it feels like a better investment. <laughs> Definitely. Mm -hmm. Catherine, real quick, you mentioned peonies. I know that peonies can last many, many years. Do you have any that are especially, uh, aged in your garden? <laughs> I do. Uh, my mother and stepfather moved over to Waynesville uh, several years ago. And before they left their home in Andrews, we dug up all the peonies that were at my stepfather's home. And those peonies were probably planted uh, years and years ago by his mother and grandmother. So we brought, we dug all the tubers of the peonies and brought them to Chestnut Cottage. And over the years, we have lost some of them, but we still have a few of the Sarah Bernhardt uh, peonies from their garden. Oh, how special. I love that. Well, I was, my next question was going to be regarding placement when you're when you are planning your garden you've already mentioned that you use a spreadsheet so do you actually draw it out at all or do you just kind of on your spreadsheet you kind of know what you're oh, doing no I draw it out uh with you know my colored pencils that's just the <laughs> nature of a designer is to sketch things out <laughs> uh, because you know, you want to see uh, the plants that are taller or more floppy like bee balm or joe pie weed and put those in the back of the borders and then come down to the lower things uh, in the front of your borders. With bee balm, yes, I do, do. You, do you tie that up or how do you handle your bee balm? No, we have never tied it up. We use a okay. lot of the circular, what I call them, peony cages, yes. the circular um, pieces mm -hmm. that you can stake up your peonies or your dahlias. We use them also for dahlias, but I've never really had to stake up um, the bee balm or the joe pie weed. It just gets big and yeah. um, we often do you know, thin them out. We have to do that to a lot of things like flocks, which are very invasive. Talk to us a little bit about some of your favorite color combinations. Well, I have always, uh, my cottage on the interior is very English country cottage and the garden is an um, English garden, cottage garden, which 
I use predominantly pastels, purples, blues, pinks, uh, yellows. Uh, I do make some exceptions for plants like bee balm, my beautiful red bee balm. I do not uh, keep it out of the garden because of its color, but I use a lot of uh, pastels, both in the window boxes as well as in the borders. What's the best way to know what will grow well in your area, in your region? or You know, the zone, the climate zone that a uh, plant thrives in. I think you have to depend on local uh, nurseries to help you um, determine that. That's, that's good. And then I would think even visiting some beautiful local gardens show you some of the things that are going to thrive. Yeah. Most of my uh, garden inspiration has come from uh, gardens I've visited in England and Ireland and even some in France. But my look is more the English cottage garden. So uh, I'm inspired by that. And also I get a lot of in inspiration from a magazine called The English Garden. And they always have charts as to how uh, plants thrive in which climate zone. Oh, that's so helpful. Okay. Mm -hmm. The English garden. Well, talk to me a little bit about dahlias. Unfortunately, in my research, I don't think they do great in Tennessee, but you get to do them over there in North Carolina. Yes. And I tell you, uh, dahlias have been a trial and error uh, project for the garden at Chestnut Cottage. We started out with uh, dahlias. We planted the dahlias straight into the garden beds, into the borders. Well, we determined that the moles and the voles loved dahlias and that the areas that we were planting the dahlias in got much too much rain, too much water, and the tubers just rotted. So the next year we decided that we would plant the tubers in the garden uh, buckets, just the plastic buckets uh, that you get plants in, like a five-gallon bucket. And we oh. would plant the whole bucket in the ground and hoped wow. that the moles and the voles could not get to it and that it wouldn't get too much water. And then at the end of the season, we pulled the um, nursery pots up, took the tubers out, washed the tubers off, stored them in my what I call the potting garage uh, at Chestnut Cottage. It's one of two very tiny little garages because when the house was built in a uh, hundred years ago, the cars were not quite as big as they are now. So one of the little ga uh, garages is my potting garage. So we store the tubers over uh, the winter and then we replant them. And then another year, year before last, I think we decided we're not going to pull the tubers. We're going to plant the um, dahlias into the ground, but we're going to put them in a much drier place that gets a lot of sunshine and they have thrived there. So our dahlia growing is definitely a work in process. I can see Lainey's wheels turning and all these light bulbs and ideas going off in her head as you're talking. Lainey is much more of a gardener than myself, and I know she's getting excited and inspired just listening to you. 
Catherine, do you have? Well, I am, like, but I'm also hearing lots. I'm also hearing lots of work because you know digging up yeah. tubers and storing them is no small thing. And and do you store them in peat moss or how? Do no, you store we yours? just store them in uh, brown paper bags. Each okay. tuber has just a bag, a grocery store bag. Okay. But it is a lot of work. And that's why last year we decided we were going to let nature take its course with the dahlias and that we were just going to plant them in the dirt. Of course, we stake them with the peony circles and um, we were just going to see what happened. And we've had absolutely gorgeous dahlias this season. Wow. <laughs> so the days of digging up the tubers may be in the past. Uh, <laughs> Do you have certain places or sources that are your go-to for plants or seeds or bulbs? What are some of the places you source from? Well, one of my very favorite uh, places to source uh, bulbs from is Brent and Becky's. And that's a mail order online um, store that sells not only daffodils but uh, snowdrops and all different kinds of bulbs but I've had great success ordering from them you can tell them when you want them to ship them according to your climate and when you are planning to plant the bulbs and then I buy a lot of my other things any uh, perennials that we need to add to the borders I try to buy them from a local nursery over in Asheville. BB uh, Barnes is the nursery there. And that's pretty much, I buy a lot of plant cells such as, um, you know, all kinds of different um, plant cells locally. That's great to know about the mail order because I know we've got listeners from all different regions of the country. So we'll be sure and put a link to them in our show notes as well. Yeah. Brent and Becky's are, are a wonderful source. And then what about for garden supports, things like that? Do you have a mail order place that you do that or do you just buy those locally? Do you mean like the peony circles where we stake? Yeah, anything like that that you use. Yes, we, we mainly just buy them locally. And for many years, we used leaf mold as, instead of a mulch. And uh, I was able to get that at the local uh, town of Waynesville uh, yard where they collect the leaves and compost them. Oh, but great. over the years, they just have not uh, had enough. So I am using uh, from a local place in Asheville, a mushroom compost in the perennial beds. Okay. And does that feed it well? Uh, yes. And things seed in it, like say, for instance, oh. our foxgloves. Uh, foxgloves made, besides daffodils, it's at the top of the list of my favorite perennials. And we leave them the seed heads on and they get very ugly looking, but we leave them till they are completely dried. And then we just shake them all over uh, the uh, perennial borders and any kind of leaf mold or compost, things will seed uh, much more successfully. Well, good to know. Okay. Well, you mentioned that you get a lot of inspiration from your travels. Um, what are some of the favorite gardens that you've seen that brought inspiration? Oh, goodness. There's 
too many to mention in England and <laughs> Ireland. Um, my grandfather is from Northern Ireland, was from Northern Ireland, and Mount Stewart Estate in Northern Ireland is very close to his home. I think maybe his home, uh, the actual structure was part of the estate at one time, and I visit um, Northern Ireland frequently, and I always go to that garden. And it's really interesting because they have a lot of tropical plants, and huh. you just don't think of that, and and you don't see as much of that in England uh, as in um, uh, that garden in Ireland. Let's talk a little bit about um, just bringing things inside, right? So the the fruit of your labor. <laughs> Do you like to bring blooms in year round? And then can you just sort of even describe it's it's late October. So what are some things as we looked around the chestnut cottage for fall season that we might see? Well, I have a, a variety, a collection again of different hydrangeas. So I last weekend I did a big arrangement out of hydrangeas. I had dahlias. I still had some perennials in the garden uh, blooming. So I, I brought those in and that's normally I, what I would have in the, um, in the autumn. I still have ferns that I bring in. Uh, a few hostas survive. However, they got a big frost yesterday morning. So uh, they're, I think, gone for the season. I just like to have something in the garden, whether it's winter berries for holiday decorating or all kinds of evergreens. That's the one wonderful thing about where I live is I have a lot of evergreens. We have magnolia, uh, hemlocks, pines, um, all kinds of evergreens to bring in in the winter and early spring. Well, now your book, The Collective Cottage, is not just about the lovely garden. You give decorating and entertaining inspiration on how to curate a beautiful collection of your favorite things. And I just love that. There is also a gorgeous section on winter and Christmas. This would be just a great place to give our listeners inspiration or maybe a wonderful Christmas gift for someone who loves beauty in their home. Where can our listeners learn more about you, Catherine, your design services, and this gorgeous new book? Uh, I, on my website, uh, katherinegreeleydesigns.com. The book is for sale on that website, as well as uh, on Amazon and in lots and lots of local uh, bookstores, gift shops. Um, as I said, my website has a portfolio of my design work uh, where your listeners could go and look at my work. Uh, I still have a few copies of my first book, The Collected Tabletop, that are available also on my website. And even recipes. There's even some recipes in this. Um, I'm flipping through yes. the Christmas section since we were talking about Christmas and I'm seeing Christmas recipes that I want to dive into. There's just, yeah, we cannot overstate the beauty of this book. It would be an incredible gift um, for a loved one. It would be a very generous host gift. Uh, just or, or just spoil yourself. Get one for yourself, right? Put it on your <laughs> right. <own> coffee table. <laughs> 
A lot of readers have told me that they really enjoy the recipes because they're recipes that they can actually do. And Mm -hmm. uh, they're just family recipes, recipes from friends. Um, I would not consider them gourmet recipes. They're just very good recipes. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to make this the um meat sauce for the um yes I'm calling right. it a spaghetti sauce. oh it <laughs> looks delicious I always laugh uh, one of the recipes in my first book was for my grandmother's caramel cake and for years I did a blog and it was on the blog and we ultimately took the blog down and I have weekly people <laughs> email my website in this panic because they can't find it. Uh, I- Catherine, we can't thank you enough for your time today, for your dedication to making things beautiful. Um, before we close, I would love for you to just share from North Carolina resident. Is there anything that you would love for people to just know about your great state? Well, I think one of the wonderful things about our state, especially my area in Western North Carolina, is that we have four very distinct seasons, beautiful seasons. And the great thing about North Carolina, it's a very long state. And we have the mountains in my area and the beaches at the very tip other end of North Carolina. So I feel like North Carolina has something for everyone. That's true. That is true. And yeah, the the mountains and the beach are just really special. You get to meet both of those in, in North Carolina. So congratulations on your book release. We'll put all the links to the things that we've discussed today in our show notes. And we just will wish that we were there in spirit for your annual Thanksgiving gathering because it just sounds wonderful. So <laughs> Be sure and put some pictures up that we can live vicariously through uh, on your social account so that we I can certainly will that. on my Instagram. I'll Good. put up uh, images on Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> and it's been my pleasure to chat with you girls. And I do also wish you would be here at my Thanksgiving table. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe someday. <laughs> yes. 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 We're very inspired, so we will um, take this inspiration and and put it into our own plans for the rest of this year and for our year-round gardens. Well, everyone, thank Thank you you. for joining us. Thank you for listening. We hope that you two were inspired, and we'll leave you with uh, our usual sign-off. Peace be with y'all.